This week we'll be talking about EA's new skate game being free to play. Bayonetta 3 finally coming out this year with a buff to modesty and a nerf to sexy. Nintendo recognizing same-sex relationships in spite of Japan's laws. PlayStation Studios being inspired by Jaden Raymond's Haven Studio. PlayStation saying the new PlayStation Stars reward program definitely does not reward you NFTs. Dot, dot, dot. And more on Season 6, Episode 27 of Press X to start podcast. What's up, everyone? I am your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices, a.k.a. The Heizo Main from Genshin is here, and I am so delighted to be one-punching people in the face. Who else is here? Hey, it's your boy, Everywhere Champion from Wish Nigga Boy, California, a.k.a. The Janitor, because we watch niggas, a.k.a. Kanye Stressed, a.k.a. Oh, no. You are not invited to the orgy. <laughs> oh, no. Marcus Ellison. Wait, who was he pointing to? Not me, right? <laughs> Figure it out. Well, you said orgy, not orange, right? I mean, why not both? Okay. Yeah, well, well. I am Sean MF Ross. What the MF stand for? Jim Kardashian. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume the F is silent. In the <laughs> end. <laughs> I understood that reference. <laughs> I didn't. I'm just laughing because I thought it was funny. <laughs> I was watching a montage of those. It just fell into giggles. But last, lastly, go. but not leastly. And he's muted. <laughs> hey everyone, I didn't want to. I'm sorry. I was watching Pro Valorant. I was in the. I was, I was watching Master Finesse. Finesse around. Uh, I apologize. I'm here. I'm present. I'm ready to do the podcast. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Also, DJ, why didn't you say, listen here, you little shit? Oh, yeah, I should have. So, apparently, YouTube uh, docks your, like, yes. spreadability if you curse yes. within the first minute or so. There are a bunch so. of al- There's a bunch of algorithmic things about YouTube that you all have been consistently fucking up for the last, I don't know, year and a half. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything, because you already know. All I'm saying is I should be able to say nigga because I'm black. <laughs> YouTube doesn't see color, Marcus. <laughs> the strongest Spider-Man. <laughs> All right, now you know who we are. Press X is our podcast is a weekly show where we talk about the latest gaming news, review the biggest games, and give you our thoughts on the games we are playing. Our goal is to expand the video game media landscape through an underserved point of view. How about that, YouTube? You like that? Huh? I'm singing now. You know, spread spread us more. Spread us more. That sounds strange. All right. Um, spread that. Uh, <laughs> spread that. What? Say it, Marcus. Say it with your chest. You too, bussy. <laughs> oh my god, that reminds me of something. I got to find it, and then I'll probably say it somewhere in this uh, podcast. I'll sprinkle it in like flavor. All right. Uh, with that being said, let us jump into the quick hits. <laughs> Avery, take it away. Hey everyone, it's me. It's Avery. I'm here to do the quick hits. I'm a positive pro Valorant. Uh, shout out to Master Pujan, uh, FNS. 
I can't pronounce his name because it's uh, Indian and I don't want to disrespect it, but you know who I'm talking about when I say Putin job, um, FNS. Clint's in-game name of all time because it's actually finesse, but he just shortens it to FNS, which still sounds oh, like finesse. Oh, FNS. I like that. Yeah. Like anyway, that. this is a story that would really would have worked if Jordan was here, but he's not, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, this is from Michael McWhirter from Polygon. EA's new skate is free to play. So Skate 4, which everyone has, well, a very specific audience has been super excited for. EA has recently announced that uh, we're, drop, it, we're dropping the 4. It's just going to be Skate. It's going to be a free-to-play online platform in which people can hang out and skate. They've also clarified that in its microtransactions, they're going to be clearly cosmetic and nothing game-manipulating in any way, shape, or form. So yeah. there's that. I'm not really a skate fan, so like I don't know how to feel about this story because I don't necessarily know if this is a bad thing to do or a good mm. thing to do. I mean, I would hope as long as they improve on Skate 3 but keep the jank, which is what I've seen a lot of requests, you know, requested from a lot of fans. Yeah, like I, I've, I think I've played Skate once or twice in my life and i was like oh this is not tony hawk this is not what i was expecting this to be and i just kind of put it down but um yeah like uh as, as sean was saying that um i believe in either their 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 their, their press release or something or somewhere in like in a conversation they had they were talking about how they um improved the ragdoll physics or something because they know that the Skate fans really loved and enjoyed those parts of the game. I don't know. I, I was just listening to the stuff with no context. But yeah, I mean, if it's free to play, like I'll definitely give it a try and see, you know, how it gels with me. But this is cool. Like I, you know, if if this is what they need to get the game out, then let it be that, and it be free to play, and people can stick on whoever is interested in the I, game. I hope the whatever monetization they stick on there isn't a uh, excessive. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I think we can, in regards to EA, we can use Apex Legends as a good in terms of like, uh, I guess, uh, compare point in terms of the microtransactions in that game, which are all purely cosmetic. Can can we though? Because I feel like Apex might just be a outlier. Because I, I mean, you got to think of Madden, you got to think of FIFA. And allegedly Respawn sets the prices. Yeah, that's true. But like, yeah. the, I think I, I, well, I would I'm, hope they're I'm, more I'm, cognizant. I'm of using like... Apex as it because they've said that clearly none of the cosmetics are going to be game altering. Yeah, gotcha. Because gotcha. like you know, with Michael Jackson's and Madden and FIFA and all that, those are all pay to win. Like yeah. You, yeah. those are pay to win. I can spend a thousand dollars, get the best team, and just seem real kids. Uh, so that's <laughs> that's not a here or there. Uh, but in Apex, like it's all cosmetics based. Uh, some of them are prohibitively exorbitant in price. I'm looking at you, heirloom. Uh, a collection and thematic events in unlocking heirlooms and that, but then it gets to the point of, do you really need to be spending two hundred dollars for X? Yeah, nobody's item? telling you to do. You know. Yeah, like I, I think I've spent just money on the battle passes and one skin on Apex since it's, you know, come out. I'm not pushing Overwatch numbers, like where I think I did the math and I I spent somehow over five hundred something dollars on Overwatch. Mm-hmm. I haven't hit those numbers. But I'm pretty close on Apex. <laughs> <laughs> no horse armor for me. I'm honestly shocked by that, considering how much time you put in Apex and effort you put in Apex. I think he has put more time in Overwatch. I probably put more time in Apex. Well, I have put more time in Apex. 
Yes, Sean plays it way more than I do. Like he's like, mm. I'll I'll just like my phone will tell me that Sean is currently playing Apex Legends right now, <laughs> and then I'll, I'll go in, I'll go into our club with just the three of us, and it says Sean was just playing arenas for about two and a half hours in like the middle of the day. But like, I'm unemployed right now, sir. <laughs> Sean has his reasons. You're here, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of unemployment, I done saw you, Marcus, like twice when I'm watching um what are we watching? Uh Love Island or whatever on Netflix. No. Some other show we're watching. I was like, oh look at this guy. And Shreen's like, oh that's Marcus. I was like, yeah, it is. DJ. I am everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Anyway. Um, skate. Yeah, skate. Uh cool. Um I'm glad they're coming out and I'm glad the skate fans are being uh, served in that fashion. I'm hoping this isn't another Mirror's Edge Catalyst in which a game that people, a very uh, uh, vocal group of people were like clamoring on, they put it there out. There it is. I think I think, yeah. I think Mirror's Edge Catalyst is a good game. I don't think it needed to be open world, but I think the game that they put out is an absolutely good game, but it was not enough for... Oh, you don't think it's what the fans asked for, so that's why I probably didn't sell due to numbers. I guess, but like, if you're a fan of Mirror's Edge and they're showing you another Mirror's Edge, wouldn't you just buy that game? Knowing the fact that this game didn't sell, you wouldn't be getting any more Mirror's Edge? People are funny like that. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, our, our next story is from Ethan Gotch from Kotaku. Uh, Bayonetta 3 is out in October and it's got a mode to make the game less sexy. So if uh, pull back, we were doing a fantasy critically. I put Bayonetta on there ages ago. I was pretty sure that game wasn't coming out after hearing nothing for about <laughs> half a year. There's a website I follow. There's a uh, Twitter I follow that's Daily Bayonetta News. And for the last year, they've just been posting the same image over and over again. There is no news. <laughs> but we got some news this week, and the image is fucking killer. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I believe the exact date we have is... Uh, I'm trolling. Before, two days before... Uh, yes. Halloween. Two or three days. Yeah, October 28th is the date we've gotten... Uh, mm. uh, and the thing same. they're touting is called same I'm day as Call of Duty. Same day as Call of Duty. I think those games have two s- separate audiences, and Bayonetta being a Switch only game is going to do yeah. like a Switch fans aren't looking for Call of Duty. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I mean most people. Uh, Sean, you're, have... also, you're 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 a Bayonetta, 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 yeah. Jesus a lot of people, if I remember, <laughs> and this has been. The case for the past couple generations, people would either have an Xbox or a PlayStation and then Nintendo whatever as their complementary system. So a lot Mm -hmm. of people have both. And um, granted, I don't I I think people get both. I'm going to get both. Yeah, I mean, I I think I I, I don't think they're to to the point DJ's making. I don't think these two games will cannibalize each other. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I that. think Bayonetta Bayonetta three has been anticipated long enough where it should be fine, mm-hmm. but I, it's like you just don't you don't launch your game next to Juggernaut, like you just don't do that. So I, I, I think for them they didn't have any other choice because God of War is like two weeks after Call of Duty, we gotta bring it out before. at some point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just like they, yeah. they, you know, they just had to do. No, I think this game has move. more the fear than God of War because they're technically in the same uh, genre s that it does for Call of Duty. I think the fact that this is a Switch only game that means it's an install base is Switch only. And while Sean's point of the like, like, like if this was on all consoles, 
then I, I see more credence. But this being Switch only means that this is a game that Switch owners who are looking for games will probably buy if Nintendo promotes it. And if you're a Switch owner, primarily, you're not playing Call of Duty. I think that's an assumption to make. I don't, I don't necessarily, I mean, there's a lot of Switches out there, so I, I wouldn't say that there is just a bunch of Switch. Is, is Call of Duty, is Call of Duty on a, Switch? Here's, yeah, no. no. Here's the install that's, base. That's though. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the Switch I, I get sold, that. The Switch has sold over 107 million Switches. And for the people who are more than likely a fan of Bayonetta, they're more than likely old enough to have the money to have both systems and enough money to buy both games and play whichever one at whatever point they feel like it. I don't think Call of Duty is going to affect Bayonetta sales. If you wanted Bayonetta, you were going to buy it. You weren't going to cross-shop it. This is like cross-shopping a... A Porsche with a pickup truck. You wanted one or the other, you know. You're not looking over here and cross shopping. Ultimately, you were gonna get mm. one or both. Sean, you just gave me an idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there are a lot more as popular as Call of Duty is, and we'll get, actually get back to talking about Bayonetta. I think there are a lot of people like me in, in terms of like I'm not gonna pick up the next Call of Duty. I have the means to pick it up. I'm not going to pick it up. I I. I, I think me, you're wrong. you're reading the wrong tea leaves, man. I think you're reading the wrong tea leaves by saying there's a lot of people like you. Like Call of Duty is still like I'm, huge. I'm yeah, I, like well, it's still huge, but it's slowly dropping. We gonna see. We, we, we gonna like, see. It's going to it, like my thing is like I think the, the, the disconnect we're getting here is you're like Call of Duty is going to be this juggernaut that's going to eat everything up, and I'm like yeah, it's going to eat up a lot of other things on a lot of other consoles, but it's Switch even its own ecosystem and Bayonetta is, yeah. a, is a pillar for it, so it's going to do well on Switch. And yeah. Call of Duty sales aren't going to really affect it. That's ultimately I what I was getting at as well. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I totally get that. And I definitely see that being the case. But I'm also just kind of wary of, like, essentially where we are right now. Like, we're about to enter a recession. Like, everything costs money. So people are going to be more cognizant of the money they're spending. And I think, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> okay. We just had a pandemic nigga and video game sales shot up. Well, yeah, that's because no one was going outside. That's the different point, from a recession. The point you just made is interesting, but it, it ties into my point in that cool. I can only buy one of these two games. I play all my games on switch. Am I buying call of duty? True. I get. I, I totally see that. But I think you're just looking at it from the perspective of that household is a primarily Switch player. But I don't think that's the. I don't think that's going to be the, like. You could be interested in Bayonetta, but also play a bunch of games on your PlayStation or your Xbox because there's not any games I coming out on the Switch I, that you play. Well, and DJ, and I think to that point, what you're making is we're all we're all being bought into the fact that we're all primarily main console PS5 xbox series x when he's on the show gamers so we're ignoring the large swath of people who just play switch games on handheld and that's their primary console and who sit yeah. there and complain about games not coming to switch they exist yeah. and this is the game for them and it's not going to compete with call of duty in a major way no i hear you on that hey listener i recognize you being a primary switch player i see you there okay i'm just saying that you might feel like playing call of duty so you might have to make a choice Spending on entertainment doesn't go down in a recession. I will say that on a macro level, I feel like Avery is on it in terms of like 
there are definitely going to be some people on Switch that want to play Call of Duty, but like they if can't. you are primarily a Switch owner, y- y- all you really care about is what's coming to Switch. Okay, I just to clarify, I'm not saying that Bayonetta 3 is going to sell like trash. This game is going to sell well. I'm just saying, I'm just looking at it as, as in a place of hesitance because it's coming out on the same day as Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. When that came out before, that like broke the internet like that was a game like and they're 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 basically remastering it or remaking it like how they they're whatever they're doing the same thing like they did with modern warfare so it's like it's set up to do gangbusters and like when something is doing gangbusters it affects everything so that's where i'm coming at and i'm coming from the fact that i remember that time where the assassin's creed mario and fucking i want to say was it doom or Wolfenstein all came out at the same time. Mario was the juggernaut of that Assassin's Creed. No, I think Assassin's Creed or Mario were the juggernaut at the time. They all sold fine. That's where I'm coming from. <laughs> they all sold, okay, they, yeah, all, yeah. they all serve different audiences. We're, we're belaboring yeah, the point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Bayonetta two, Bayonetta three. The game is coming out. It's got this thing called naive angel mode. So if you're a uh, Marcus, insert word here for me to say. Uh, Precious little bitch boy. Stop it. If you're that type of person, uh, it's for it's for you to play on your TV and there are people in the room. <laughs> <laughs> it's called naive angel mode, and it essentially puts more clothes, <laughs> puts more clothes on Bayonetta and her Bayonetta summons and her forms when she's doing her uh, witch time and summoning things like that. So what do they do about her dry fucking enemies? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let it ride. <laughs> Platinum was like, hey, we just had to put clothes on her. That's all we had to do, okay? I think in Bayonetta 2, there's one sequence where, like, she bends something over and spanks it and then kicks it until it explodes. Like, No, Bayonetta 1, when you fight the Joys, she puts them on a uh, steeple and then does rope torture to them so their back arches and their breasts shoot out. Sean, all I'm saying is there is a whole category of porn with closed women, is all I'm saying. Yes. That's all I'm saying. The more you know. Okay, America. (laughs) I think it's called, if I can remember, and this is revealing a lot about myself, so I'm giving Marcus a full edit control of whether this goes out. out. (laughs) I believe it's... uh, C-F-N-M. Yep, and brother, there's nothing I can do about this on video. Yeah. <laughs> I played myself, but only 10 people watch this, so I'm good. Right. <laughs> and this is the episode that makes us known. <laughs> uh, but back on track, Bandit 3 looks cool. I'm not interested in its multiversal shenanigans. It's going to be a game I'm going to have a lot of fun playing. It's going to bring me back to me playing games on Switch. That in Mario plus Rabbids. Uh, but this is probably going to be another Bayonetta story where I'm just like, man, can't wait for this. Definitely cry. Yeah, I mean, are you... Sean, are you getting, you're getting Bayonetta 3, right? Hell yeah. Okay. okay. I just said I'm going to buy it for the third, fourth time. What is wrong with you? Oh, sorry. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't listening. No, you, he didn't say that on the stream. He, uh, in oh, okay. he put that in our, uh, our Discord, Discord when they when they announced that the the Banner of Three collection is going to have a massive case that's going to have. I'm not. Does it include one and two, or does it include spaces for you to put one and two? I'm not a hundred percent sure. The thing about fucking Switch games, they're on those little discs now instead of actually being CDs. So the case yeah. is a weird, weird thing. That weird shape. Uh, yeah. yeah, I see. I see. 
And I bought it digital last time anyway, so whatever. Hmm. Bayonetta 3 looks cool. Wish it wasn't on Switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before we jump, that was like, I saw the trailer and was like, oh, this looks cool. And then, you know, it's just plagued with like, ah, oh, man, this this could just look so much better for just on a console with more power to it. More I Blame the yeah. people that didn't buy it on the Xbox and PlayStation. Nintendo I'm, put up the money. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah. In a world that Devil May Cry 5 looks as good as it does, I'm looking at Bayonetta and I'm like, man, oh, imagine if you had, <laughs> imagine if you were using the RE engine. <laughs> Wait, who loves Dante? Uh, Marcus, yeah, you would love Bayonetta. I've played, I played Bayonetta. Yeah, he's played, oh. He played one. He just didn't play two or three because they were on Wii U. And, yeah. Wii U, Wii U. Anyway, our <laughs> next story is from GameSpot.com, the number 20 Nintendo uh, Bayonetta website. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, not 20. They're like <laughs> weird Microsoft uh, like hobbyist websites that are better than GameSpot. I'm reporting on Nintendo News. Rough scene. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a bit that went out of hand. Anyway, Nintendo recognizes uh, same-sex relationships in spite of Japan's laws. This is from Austin Kunki. Uh, I'm going to read a, a <laughs> snippet of this. It's either Kunki or Kunki. <laughs> It was just, it was just Sean's <laughs> face. <laughs> oh my god! We're doing some name-based oh, shaming god. from the man's name Donald and Marcus. So we're gonna move on. Uh, oh, Nintendo. Sorry. I'm gonna read this. I should laugh at my privilege. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo has updated its corporate social responsibility guidelines to confirm it provides same-sex couples the benefits of opposite-sex couples received. This is in stark uh, comparison to the fact that Japan probably has some of the worst uh, LGBTQ laws of any yeah. developed nation. It, it I was direct- reading that little blurb at the bottom about trans people. I was like, Jesus yeah. Christ, Japan. Yeah. And it's one of those things where like them recognizing it does well for their health insurance and all their benefits and things like that because it will now provide people in same-sex relationships with the same benefits that people who are in uh, heteronormative uh, cis-gendered relationships, the same benefits, regardless of whichever gender is uh... working there. Yes. That was a walk, but I got there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess good on Nintendo. I wonder what forced this change. Yeah, this is awesome on Nintendo, just to jump on sure. Sean's point. And I think what uh, really pushed this to happen was uh the Supreme Court doing the whole the the whole abortion stuff. And then on top of that, because yeah, because Nintendo isn't just primarily a Japanese company now and they're pretty much a global thing. They I I think I heard this from Jeff Grubb, like they were kind of put internally into some pressure about like, hey, we got it. You got to say something like this is this is this is a thing that we actually have to speak up and they did so that's that's awesome that they actually did because we were actually talking about it in a few episodes ago about how nintendo is known for just not saying anything about this because their laws are so like restrictive so i would uh i'm i'm, I'm not gonna jump on the praise train about nintendo and say this is a response to that like i i think mm-hmm. what you're talking about and what jeff grubb is like reporting on is actually true that probably was a chain yeah. of events that got it here but this doesn't sort of clear them up we were just quiet for those two oh yeah weeks. absolutely and, not and then yeah. this is the bare, yeah. bare minimum it doesn't even really affect the people who are like affected by that situation mm-hmm. right but yeah this yeah. is a good on nintendo yeah. uh 
I want to see what are going to be the pain points going forward with them in Japanese law, because it's a corporate thing that's going to affect all aspects of that, and, like, yeah, yeah. we'll see. Uh, in more Nintendo news, it's going to be a small story, but I think it's an interesting story in the wake of other multimedia things we're doing. This is from, this is on The Verge from John Porter. Nintendo acquires animation studio that will become Nintendo Pictures. So they acquired the CG production company called Dynamo Pictures, uh, and what that means going forward, I don't know. Uh, they're working with Illumination on the Mario movie, and I think the DK spinoff after that. What Dynamo is going to be doing, we don't know. In my head, the perfect thing was, all right, we make CG cutscenes for Nintendo uh, games now. That's that's what I would think if I was doing that and still outsource that content to people who know what they're doing. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I think... Um... I think they actually did a short for... Uh, from what I can remember, just looking at their IMDP page, they worked on Death Stranding, they worked on Metro Another M, they worked on Persona 5, they've done a lot of post-production animation stuff for okay, okay, big okay, video okay, games, okay. so in my head, when Nintendo Pictures is being rebranded, it's like, okay, we're going to bring that stuff in-house, so like the Mario team doesn't have to worry about making good animations, like like animations yeah. like uh, cg animations for the mario game and we can outsource that to an internal studio but yeah in the wake of everyone becoming a multimedia conglomerate for good or ill this could mean anything yeah i was i was looking at this in the view of nintendo finally finally capturing a studio that's going to allow them to make like animated properties so like you know netflix kids shows of of, of mario of of Luigi of fucking almost said Mega Man. That is not Nintendo Jesus. But yeah, like basically like be able to pump out those things versus having to go to different studios to get stuff done and then having to, you know, compromise with their vision versus Nintendo's vision because we all know that Nintendo is very strict about how they present their content. So to me, I thought this was them. All right, we're going to get an animation studio so we can have the final say on our animation properties and get that out there. So, which I don't makes know. sense. We'll see. Considering yeah. that it seems to be just more of the wave um, with big companies to not have to outsource. So they're kind of making their own production company so they can just keep everything in house. Right. Yeah. Um, before we jump into the next news story, we have a word from our sponsors. It's us. Hey there. Have you been enjoying this episode? You have? Great. Well, if you're listening to the podcast, then do us a favor and leave us a review on the podcast platform you're using. If you're watching this, then like the video, subscribe to our channel, and hit the bell so you won't miss out on any of our future videos. Check out pressx2start.com to find information about us, the podcast, links to all of our social media channels, and to join our Discord. Thanks so much. We appreciate your support. Now back to the podcast. And we are back. Uh, Avery, what's the next story? Okay, so in other acquisition news, this is from IGN, this is from Ryan Denzel, proprietor of the Denzel Demo Dome. Uh, shout out to Blessing Animator Jr. for making that ad lib I'm constantly stealing, but I am not an original man. <laughs> I am a sum of the parts of everything I've uh, consumed. Anyway, uh, Supermassive Games, the developers of Until Dawn. like a Dawn. Megazord. A yes. beautiful black Megazord. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, so we have game the creators of Until Dawn have been acquired by Nordisk Games. I have no idea what Nordisk Games is, and it's such a bizarre thing to me that I didn't even take the five minutes of research what they make. But they now own Supermassive, which means that mean that hopefully we get more games like the Quarry and less games like the Dark Pictures Anthology, which I haven't really played any of, but the consensus is that they are middling to okay. They're getting better every iteration, and it's very clear that they don't have the time or budget to really pump out quality with those games. It looks like they're just another acquisition group, mm. unfortunately. As, as someone who played Man of Madan, I can I'm attest right that it was mid, not bad, but definitely not until dawn. Mm. Few games were until dawn. Yeah, I am looking at Nordisk Games' website, and I'm looking at the game studios, and the only game studio that I know is Supermassive Games. Uh, apparently, Avalanche Studios, who made Just Cause, so there's that. Oh, okay, that's okay. And then, and yeah, and Avalanche Studios, apparently, now that I know that now. Okay. But I guess all the new thing is just being an acquisition group and snatching up studios, so yeah. Everything is getting consolidated. I mean, when Microsoft is spending a north of over $65 billion to acquire Activision, any dumb guy outside of video games who wants to make money would consolidate mm-hmm. a bunch of small studios, try to pump out consistent content for them, and then just have the acquisition by a larger conglomerate for an unnecessary amount of money. Yeah. 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 Uh, good for Supermassive being uh, bought and now hopefully supported to make better games. It's, it's so weird that there was that weird future where they could have gotten acquired by Sony, and then they didn't, and then they went on to make the Dark Pictures Anthology, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is what they didn't do it. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, but yeah, still in the acquisition news, this is going to be light. Uh, these are both GameIndustry.biz stories, but ultimately it's the both the Bungie and the Haven Studios acquisitions have finally finished. So now they are both officially first-party studios, at least in Haven's standpoint. I'm not sure what the corporate nomenclature is going to be for Bungie, because I know their deal with Sony is relatively unique. But, yeah, both of them are now officially acquired, so they're both uh, placed in studios. Uh, In Haven's standpoint, they also talked about how they've been working with Mark Sony on the technology for their uh, their game, and they clarified Mm -hmm. that a lot of the DNA from Jade Raymond's time at Google is now within Haven in terms of being cloud-supported. So... We'll see what that means. And then uh, Bungie, there's some news about what they're trying to make. There's a mobile game that they're trying to make, coupled with, I think, another type of game that they're also trying to make. So it's clear that both of these studios are getting, now that the deal is inked, they've hit the floor running in terms of yeah. what their PlayStation relationship. And, and just, to, uh, just, to, just to go off of that, like, um, Haven Studio, to be clear, they have not produced a game yet. And this whole story about PlayStation Studios being inspired by them is purely off of their workflow. So mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting that I think it's interesting that this is the highlight of the article. And it's like, is it just that because there's nothing else to talk about? Or is it just like, oh, this studio is really revolutionizing how they work over the cloud? But, um, yeah, you know, we'll see. Okay. I mean, they're a studio that was started in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as far as I was aware of, there was no physical studio for anyone to get work out of, which means they right, had to build right, right. workflows. They had to 
build the entire workflow cloud. for like a cloud work from home situation, unlike the other places studios who had to adapt to that going forward. Right. Yeah. But yeah given those two studios, this also frees PlayStation up to make more acquisitions without getting the uh, door broken down at the FCC of like, oh, you're conglomerating too much power. So we'll see if my mm-hmm. crap pop from two and a half years at this point, two and a half years ago, theory about Square Enix is still a true thing, or am I still fucking smoking the crack? <laughs> Our see. final story is a story that literally sent most of the video game uh, sphere into a tizzy for about five seconds because no one has any reading skills. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is a story from Kotaku. New PlayStation reward program can give you money for playing games, getting trophies. Uh, so Sony has introduced a system called PlayStation Stars, which when I read it, it was like, oh, they're just repackaging the Sony reward system that they have into a My Nintendo uh, system for PlayStation, yeah. or as Xbox gamers will talk about, uh, whatever system that Microsoft has. But I think I was thinking of <laughs> the Nintendo system uh, when I thought about this. But in the, uh, not fine print, in the print of the, their announcement, they all talk about they're going to be releasing collectible uh, digital items with this system. Everyone read that and immediately said, oh no, PlayStation is making NFTs. So everyone and their mom start dunking on PlayStation for making NFTs. And then in the fine print, like, oh yeah, PlayStation, like, these are definitely not NFTs. <laughs> and uh, and we've moved on with their lives. Uh, yeah, this is, this is cool. I mean, like, you know, whatever, you know, little add-on they want to give us for playing their games and, you know, rewarding us for our time spent in their ecosystem, like, more power to them. More power to us, I guess. This is not much of a story outside of the confusion it caused, but Marcus, Sean, how do you feel about this? I just don't understand why people have so much of an issue with nice fat titties. (laughs) I don't get it. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) But, um... I mean, it's cool. I mean, I play upwards of... Actually, you know what? I'm not gonna say how long I play games, but uh, I, I play enough to earn some uh, some points. I don't mind it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I just want to know like what that actual reward's gonna be. Like, what's the right? What's the 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 currency and like how does it work out? Like, how many hours of game time do you have to have in order to get enough currency to be able to buy another game? A new car. Right. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a somewhat exorbitant amount because i mean they're not in the business of giving away free money or free games i mean that's true just it's gonna be a nice thing oh i beat this game i got a platinum here's two dollars worth of credit type shit i mean you know right Mm -hmm. well here's the thing the issue with that i don't think they're gonna give you money for platinums and trophies and things like that at that regard of anything because like there are so many bad games on the playstation network that are just designed to give you platinum trophies Mm-hmm. That the system would be inherently yeah. broken yeah. from the jump street if yeah. you would if like people would spend money on a 99 cent game with the full knowledge that that game would give them points like it's it's a weird system ultimately i think it's going to pan out like the sony rewards which sean had to remind me the thing that i had to pay attention to because like i just don't and like ah here's the 20 dollars gift card for the psn which i used to buy persona 5 royal for the 15th time so it said that you can earn them by logging into your PlayStation or completing challenges like winning a tournament, for instance, or being the first person in your time zone to earn a platinum trophy. So like not everybody's going to get it for getting platinums or whatever. Or it says 
awarded for checking off all of the trophies affiliated with the game for a major blockbuster like God of War Ragnarok, Ragnarok for instance. <laughs> Ragnarok. So, <laughs> um, Sound like a Pokemon. <laughs> so it's going to be for bigger games. Probably not smaller little 99 cent indie games like you said. They're going to People are going to abuse it and they're going to do a knee-jerk reaction more likely, just like they did with the, the stacking of PlayStation Plus Premium. So, well, I it's hard to see, find, figure out what a knee-jerk reaction would be when we still actually don't know how everything is going to pan out. What you just read is like some idea that they have they're going to implement in the system, not how it individually works. Like, we don't know, no one has a spreadsheet of like, what do I need to do X to earn X? And we don't know what this X stretch to equate to monetary dollars, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. That's true. When it fully comes out, we can start to figure out whether this is a good... Like, it it says it in the blog. No, I, I mean, hear you. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's an announcement. Like, it's not the actual breakdown of the rules and everything like mm-hmm. that. Like, mm-hmm. that's not the nitty-gritty yeah. that you would need. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Uh... We're going to see you again. I feel like I keep saying that, but we're going to see. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it for the quick hits, right, Avery? Yes. You got anything? Okay. All right. Well, um, before we jump into the what we have been playing, we have a word from our sponsors again. Yes. Hey there. Have you been enjoying this episode? You have? Great. Well, if you're listening to the podcast, then do us a favor and leave us a review on the podcast platform you're using. If you're watching this, then like the video, subscribe to our channel, and hit the bell so you won't miss out on any of our future videos. Check out pressx2start.com to find information about us, the podcast, links to all of our social media channels, and to join our Discord. Thanks so much. We appreciate your support. Now back to the podcast. And we are back. Now it's time for us to talk about the games we have been playing. Marcus, what have you been playing? Well, DJ, uh, I... That's great. Now, Sean, what is it? (laughs) (laughs) Now, I've just been playing, uh, you know, more Overwatch 2 beta uh, with a little bit of Overwatch in there, here and there. I actually put more time in this past week than I did the uh, first week of the beta. So I have a little bit more of an in-depth feeling on it. And I actually got a chance to um, play with a couple of other friends who were able to get in on the beta as well. Uh, So that was cool. So I found out because I remember initially I said that there weren't comms, but Mm -hmm. there aren't comms in terms of just like open comms. So you can't join the like team chat. I don't think. Okay. But yeah. if you're already in a group, then you can um, use comms. But yeah, not much has changed in terms of my impressions. They're pretty much still in line with what I was thinking um, the first week. I have put a bit more time in with um, tanks because initially I kind of played mostly uh, in roll queue. And so I was just, you know, playing a lot of support, but I've done more tank work. Sigma pretty much feels the same, which is good for me because it's pretty much a lateral move from Overwatch 1 to 2 with him so far. And then with Rind, his mobility, like I was saying in the um, uh, last week, 
or the week before, his mobility is a lot better because you can stop his charge now. And because of that, yeah. So because of that, like in Overwatch 1, you could do this thing where you could charge somebody and then knock them off the level without you going off the level. But you would have to start the charge way back and, you know, plan that. Whereas now, exactly. Whereas now you can legit stop it yourself, which is a great thing. And then also Ryan has two fire charges now as opposed to the just the one fire strike. Which is cool. I mean, his fire strike always had a quick cooldown, so adding two is great, but it's not the most necessary thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rind is great. Um, he's probably going to be my primary tank when we play. And um, Junker Queen is somebody that I'm still trying to like get more reps in with, but I, yeah. I feel like I'm just going to have to wait until like the game drops proper. And then that's when I'm really gonna, you know, do more because right now also the beta is cool, but there's still, it's still very limited obviously because it's a beta. So there's things that I wanna try, like try a comp game or, mm-hmm. um, you know, just get a chance to do a bit more. And since that's not the case right now, I don't even know what the uh, end game screen is going to look like for Overwatch 2, because since the um, stat screen now, basically, as I said last time, looks kind of like a Apex Legends or or Call of Duty stat screen where you can see everybody's stats. The end game screen where they show your accolades and who got a card and all that stuff. I have no idea what that's going to look like. Um, Right. So, yeah, basically more beta thoughts. Uh, I think the beta ends this Monday. So by the time uh, this episode comes out, the beta will have already ended. But yeah, you know, still having a fun time. Still more Overwatch, and I uh, definitely look forward to October the 4th? Yeah, first week of October. I yeah, when it drops officially out. so that uh, we can get out there and make it happen. Yeah, make it happen free to play. Um, I was fortunate enough and quick enough to grab Marcus's uh, second beta code. And I also played Overwatch 2 beta. Um, so I think in this lineup, I've probably played Overwatch. I probably stopped playing Overwatch the f- as like the first person to stop playing Overwatch in here because Sean, you were playing. Were you playing with us at that time or no? I was playing with Marcus and and, and Douglas. And, and, um, yeah. Well, then you that are, would be the okay. th- that, yeah. You were. If my timeline of us in Overwatch makes sense, it was me first, then uh, DJ and Cameron, then it was yeah. the three of us, and then if there were anyone else who was playing, I don't think Marcus was playing with us as hard. He may have, but I don't think he was playing as hardcore with us at that time. I think it was just the yeah, three of no. us. You two dropped off. Marcus started playing by himself independently. He started playing with Douglas. I started playing again when I got invited. Uh, and then that is the time frame of us in Overwatch. <laughs> well, by the time I started playing, it was just Marcus and Douglas playing with a, a couple of gals. Right. And yeah. one crazy guy. So so I say all that to say that I have been I've been the furthest removed from this game. So coming back to it, it was very much so like 
kind of a homecoming event where I was just like, oh, all these new characters. Like, I know Baptiste. I've heard Marcus talk about him. I like his hair. His hair is cool. And then the uh, Magneto guy, hair, I'm like, I think, his, I think his hair looks cap in the second in the in Overwatch too. Oh, I, I couldn't. You know, I don't. How does one's hair look cap? He had uh, uh he had uh he had sort of like uh dread, like dread like knots in the first game and yeah. now they just sort of flattened it out to like this one like Mr. Team like mohawk flat mohawk now. Oh, intro. Okay, okay. Yeah, I had I had no idea. But um so yeah, uh like Overwatch has like what the uh, 25 characters or whatever to work from. So my original plan was to just work through all the characters to kind of get a sense of like, oh, this person feels good. Oh, this person doesn't feel good. But wow. this is Overwatch, and there's no way I was going to be able to do that, especially with my time and how much time I have. So what I ended up doing was starting with May and, and making sure I can, I can play my heavy hitters. And boy, does May feel great. Oh, yeah, Thickums. <sighs> just, she just... So you uh, haven't... You haven't had any problems uh, kind of adjusting to the fact that there's no more crowd control. So that it, well, for May, it hasn't bothered me too much because the slowing down is they're They're slowed down enough where I can get a like pretty um, I can confirm the headshot essentially with the little ice spire. Yes, the little ice pick thing. Um, so, yes, like when I'm warmed up with May, like. I'm I'm good. Like I'm comfortable. I can do the wall when I need to. I can pop the little um, ice shield thing to heal myself. Like I'm good. Uh, and then I was like, hey, let me try Farah real quick because I used to love old Farah in this guy. I got shot off the sky <laughs> like birds. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? So my time with Farah has been very. I guess eye opening to the changes of Overwatch. Like I didn't really feel it too much with May. Like. Yeah, like she can't freeze people anymore. But other than that, it to me it didn't feel like her kit was changed all that much in terms of like her damage and stuff. But playing Farah definitely felt like I just I just was just tapping people on the shoulder in this guy. Like it just it didn't feel like I was doing the same amount of damage that I did before. It took like I feel like before it took maybe three rockets to put people down, but now it's kind of like four to five, and it's just. By the time I am focused in on one person to like try and kill them, I'm getting picked out the sky by like soldier and a soldier or black widow, black widow, no widowmaker, and it's just like Close ah, enough. this doesn't, yeah, right, this doesn't, it doesn't feel good. Like it just doesn't. I feel like I think Marcus, you were saying like you just need a mercy, and yeah, this like they've officially um, made a mercy pocket an essential part of Farah. Because yeah. now, uh, as we were saying off mic, like hit scans are so much more powerful now. So yeah. Farah yeah. by herself, unless you're an elite player, is a liability. And, yeah. like, and, and the the uh, the hero economy with the loss of a tank and what that means to team compositions, it's like, do you pocket a Farah? Like when now your 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 team's defense is now like in a weird position. Yeah, exactly. Because your if your support is with Pharaoh instead of the tank, like you're kind of screwing yourself. Unless the Pharaoh is really good. So yeah, like it. I've gotten to the point where it was safer and more effective for me to be like kind of midline with Pharaoh on the ground, just shooting rockets through my people to hit like the enemies. And it's like it's kind of a weird like workaround that I found with her. But that was really the only way that I was able to. Uh, 
keep like some survivability on her when I was playing her character. Um, other than her, I played Widowmaker. And the reason why I played Widowmaker is because in one match, I was getting demolished by a Widowmaker so still much. You're still doing that. I, hey, hey, it was it was so <laughs> much. I was just like, you know what? <laughs> you know what? You can be playing the top 1% <laughs> Widowmaker player in the world, instant die every time and be like, Widowmaker is broken. <laughs> <laughs> so I jumped on Widowmaker and I think I don't really know exactly why, but I feel like I guess it's just it's just time away from the game has given me a different perspective on how to play Overwatch. And I remember having such an issue with keeping track of people jumping around up and down, all that stuff that like when I first was trying to play Widowmaker, it just didn't work for me. I couldn't. I couldn't keep the reticle on people's heads long enough to get the headshots. But I feel like now I am, I don't know, older, more experienced, like a fine wine. I'm able to just keep the reticle closer to their face. So I'm either either hitting their body or hitting the head. So I was actually doing pretty decent with Widowmaker. Um, we'll see. <laughs> why, why are you going to tilt Avery before the game even came out? Right. I'm already tilting. I tried other characters and then I went to my homeboy Torbjorn. Torbjorn, ready to park. So I, I was playing Torbjorn like when I first started, um, almost said Apex, when I first started Overwatch and it was like, ah, oh, Torbjorn, he's cool. I like him. Like, little tank thing or a little turn thing he can do that's fun now he oh my god like i don't all the changes they made to him i absolutely love like you can't upgrade his turn anymore but like you can just throw the turn down and just yeah yeah because that turn was like fucking crazy like that's why i love the turn but like you throw the turn down and you just hold l2 which is like his uh shotgun blast and you can just keep it on the people and their health would just delete, 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 and kill. And it's like, oh, this is this is so nice. So like Torbjorn was definitely a character that I come back to. I'm just like, oh, I actually like Torbjorn's going to be in my group of characters. So right now it's going to be May and Torbjorn. And then maybe if this Genji thing works out for me, I might I might, you know, dabble in some Genji. Uh maybe I will say, Genji, if you get good with Genji, if you get good with Genji. Mm-hmm. Is a threat. In oh yeah, Overwatch oh no. Two. Oh, I know, I know. I've I was I was in a hall with Genji, and I was like, "This is this isn't a good place for me to be." And he was like, "No, it's not." Beauty no No. Once again, the reactionary Andy <laughs> beat my ass, man. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm having a good time uh, playing Overwatch, and I can't wait for it to come out so I can uh, play with the boys and the girls and everyone else out there because it's going to be a good time. All right. Um, Escape Academy. Avery, you have played Escape Academy as well yes. as I have. I actually played a video game this week. I, uh, <gasps> I looked at my Avery Williams uh, video game calendar of games I need to play by the end of the year. And I like I need a video game. I need a brand new game to jumpstart my let's not let's actually play video games and not just fucking watch Pro Valor for four hours a day. Uh, so I was listening to the kind of funny games cast and they kept talking about Escape Academy. And I'm like, huh, this seems like an interesting game. Let me check it out. 
Uh, they were like, oh, it's only Xbox Game Pass. And I'm like, hmm, there's a 25% chance that this game is not on PlayStation because of the Game Pass. <laughs> and I looked up at PlayStation, and it wasn't on PlayStation. And I was like, oh, shit. And I'm like, then I saw an ad for Escape Academy, and it said also on PlayStation. And I'm like, huh. So I went back and searched for it, and I'm like, I searched for the exact words, Escape Academy. It was not the first game that showed up on PlayStation. It was yep. like 15 games down. I'm not one to fucking complain about PlayStation's UI in terms of their searchability, but you gotta figure that shit out. <laughs> if I when I the, looked up, go, go, you go ahead, go ahead. When I type the exact, like, if I type in Escape and it's not the first game that shows up, I understand. But when I type in <laughs> Escape Academy and there's no other <laughs> game called Escape Academy and it's 15 games down, we have a problem here. Yo, I, I also played this game too. Like, I had the exact same issue because I was actually trying to download it from my phone. When I put in Escape Academy, I got the season pass first. And I was like, is this like I almost bought the season pass because I was like, oh, maybe the, the game, the season pass comes with the game or whatever. But I was just like, no, I just want the game by itself. Why can't I just get the game by itself? So I ended up going to my PS5 and like going through that hoopla to actually get the game. And it was just like, what the hell, PlayStation? Like, why is this a thing? Like, if you put the name of the game into your system, the game should come up like. We figured this out. It's 2022. But yeah, go ahead. Yes. So I ended up playing the game and it is a puzzle game. Like mm-hmm. that's yes. first and foremost. So before I even start talking about it, if you're asking if I should be looking into, if you do not like puzzles in video games, uh, do not play this game because it's 100% just a series of fucking puzzles. Uh, puzzles. And they're all puzzles that are intertwined with each other. And it is, I think what Escape Academy is, it is a series of escape rooms, timed escape rooms, that you are asked to solve. Uh, hmm. And er- every room is different, unique, and have a clever gimmick that like, sort of like uh, determines what the flow of the game is. Uh, right. I really, really enjoyed my time playing it. It's one of those uh, silent uh, sleeper types of games. Where, like, it would never have been on my radar unless someone else like, told me about it. So I'm super glad I paid attention and was able to hear it. But it's one of those games I'm super glad I took time to play it. But when I say uh, Sleeper, it's one of those things where, like, this is very clearly a indie game mm-hmm. in that there's a lot of, like, lack of polish things that sort of sour the experience in that uh, we, me and you were talking about this off cast. The game has a severe readability issue in that it's in a game that it's all about interacting with objects and solve puzzles. It's sometimes difficult to re- figure out what can be interacted with. And then yeah. couple that with the fact I think this game was originally built for mouse and key and not controller. Just navigating the maps and like uh, selecting objects can actually prove to be super dumb. Like, yeah, I'm going to say super dumb. I was going to say difficult. <laughs> dumb. I, like, I, I told the story of I turned the game on and uh, flicked the right stick to look right. And I was looking behind myself because like the sensitivity was adjusted for a uh, mouse and not a a uh, uh, traditional controller. keyboard con- controller. So I was just I just fucked myself there. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I felt really smart playing the game up until like the latter half, where like the challenges, like the challenges aren't like difficult. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing like this is not like a normal escape puzzle. Like where like you might need to know like the the capital of France or some bullshit like that. To get this answer, even though the capital, whatever, you, you don't need to know that all the answers are in the levels. Yeah, but yeah, when they put a time limit on, they put a time limit on top of it. It instantly becomes ten times harder. 
Yeah. Because now oh, you're yeah. like, I took me five minutes to figure out this simple puzzle. I only got five more minutes left in this match. Can I do it? <laughs> I make it. Oh, yeah. I like uh, games like that, like The Room and all that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I also play this game. Uh, I played it with Shireen. And we, to, together, we love escape games. We love escape rooms. Like, before COVID, before the pandemic, like, we used to... do another. Yeah. Like, we used to just do escape rooms. Like, it's so much fun. Like, I, I absolutely enjoy this game. I love this game. I had a lot of the same issues as Avery in terms of readability being a huge problem. Um, playing co-op, readability is just made worse for the fact that your your second player or the other your partner essentially it's surprisingly difficult to see them in the actual environment like there's no like you know hide over the character to a point where we had an issue where i was like oh shireen like come over here like i i figured this thing out come look at this and she turned around she looked in my direction she was like where are you at and i was like i'm right here and i looked on her side of the screen because it's a split it's a split screen when you do co-op and i was like Oh shit, I can't even see myself. <laughs> it's like it's so weird that like little things like that is a problem, but like just to go to what Avery's saying, like, yes, this is a indie game. Yeah, and well, to that point, I didn't know it was that bad. That's clearly a there's no uh split screen on a PC. This is something they Good made point. after the fact for split screen yeah. co-op and it just not optimized well. Yeah, that's a that's a solid point. Uh, yeah, other than that, like, I really enjoy the, I, we haven't beat it yet, so I don't know what, how this ends and how the story ends or whatever. Um, well, you escape clearly. Do I though? Duh. We don't know. We don't know. Not with that attitude. The, the last puzzle might be in my mind, Marcus. Might be the puzzle of the mind. Inception. Open your third eye, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, um. You know, we're having a good time. I I enjoy the creativity of the different puzzle rooms. Like like Avery was trying not to spoil anything, so I will also not spoil anything. But they put you in situations where you're just like, oh, I this is really interesting. I have to get out of this place before I die. <laughs> or maybe I won't. But um yeah, I had a good time with it and we are going to continue playing it. Uh Avery, do you know how many hours you put into this game? Okay, there are, I think, 12 to 13 maps. Uh, okay. Most maps have a 20 to 30 minute time limit. I beat most under 20, so yeah. 200, or it's like a three to four hour game, really. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so we're probably like halfway through or so. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna continue playing it. Now, Sean, tell us, what have you been playing? Three things. Um, no, so you know, I try to check out all the free stuff on PlayStation Plus Essential now, uh, every time they come out. So, no, extra, extra, right? Or essential you was the base, yeah. Oh, okay, this okay. was the essential games Man of Madon, Crash Bandicoot, and Arcade Again was the free things this month. So, for some reason, I finished telling lies, that's why. I downloaded Man of Madonna and Telling Lies at the same time, and I knew... I'm glad you're telling the truth now. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Telling Lies was a little bit shorter, although I'm upset because I watched all the videos and the damn Platinum Trophy isn't popping. But whatever. Yikes. And they actually... Somebody actually did edit the entire game into a five-hour supercut with everything transposed together, so you're watching like a movie. 
I, I may finish it at some point. Yeah, watching that. Yeah. There's no firearm movie. <laughs> that's not. That's not a movie. What do you mean? <laughs> like I, it's this is me making a really dumb joke. But when you said five hour movie, I'm like I've never sat down through a five hour movie. That's not a movie. <laughs> Man, go watch uh, 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 Zulu Titanic. or whatever the hell that was. Lawrence of Arabia. You can watch Death Stranding like I did. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> no. So, Man of Medan. <laughs> I mean, it's a super massive game. It's a Until Dawn type Aquari slash whatever type game. Um, it seems interesting so far. Mm. Um, some of the characters are just doing strange shit, though. Like, um, Man of Medan, that's the one where you're on the boat, right? Yeah. yeah. So like originally okay. they're on this diving boat and these to not give up the story. I mean it's an old game, but whatever. These dudes, like strangers, come up and like rush past their boat and damage their boat and like you damaged our boat, we need money now, or we you know, what are you gonna do about this? But it was their fault that they damaged their boat when they rushed past us. Mm. And one of the passengers, I think his name is Connie. Conrad, whatever. I don't know. He just starts throwing money at them. Like, is ten dollars enough to fix your boat? Is twenty dollars? What? Why is this your first response to conflict? Just to <laughs> start making it rain money? Because white. I I don't know. It's, oh my god. It's it's strange, but uh, it's something to do. I I'm not gonna say it's fun yet, but I, I am kind of uh interested to see where the story goes. I'm neither here nor there with it. I'm I'm just playing my normal Apex and you know whatever else in between stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I completed the battle pass for Apex. I think we just got another season coming up in uh, what two three weeks, Avery? That makes sense. I'm not completing this battle pass. Uh, I don't, I don't have the energy to grind the battle passes anymore, especially when mm. the end of the battle pass is a gun that I don't really use. Mm. Like I got my reactive wingman and I got my reactive uh, peacekeeper, my reactive R nine. That's all I need in this world. <laughs> I'm good. I, I want my Bangalore Mythic skin, but I'm not going to spend a hundred and however much monies for that shit. So I whatever. think well, I think the math we figured out is to get that Mythic without having to spend heirloom shards after the fact. It's probably going to be around a hundred and fifty dollars to unlock everything. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I barely. So buy is that is that a hundred? Is that a hundred fifty dollars to just? No, like, the way the they the, no, the uh the way Apex does their some Events. of the heirloom their highest tier uh like rarity of unlockables for, like the mythic skins and or the uh the heirlooms Weapons. is that they have these thing called collection events. Well, they will release twelve to fourteen really great cosmetic items, and if you buy all of these cosmetic items, you get the skin for free. But really, nah, I want to say it's about. 24 20 to 24 because it's the bottom row and the top row you got to buy everything yeah well i i wasn't using a specific number i, I was just saying okay. that's why i said around 14 or so okay uh yeah and so i did that shit for watson ages ago during the pirate event so i had all these really cool pirate skins and i got the watson thing oh uh, okay so like it's like one of those things where like it's at first glance if someone tells you it's 150 dollars for that thing i'm like oh fuck that but it's Mm-hmm. You, people, people you're getting 20 that, yeah, other you, things with it yeah when you when you say it like that you ignore the fact you're getting 20 other things uh right, right. with that right 
so like you're getting those things and that leads up to the getting the, i mean you can get it after the fact but i just you can't see half of this shit anyway it's a first person shooter that's why i'm just like you can see heirlooms yeah. you can see heirlooms. yeah you can see the heirlooms but... and then the mythics have their own special unique animations when you kill people with them so there's that as well like they, they did those look cool they did they did the math of saying like yeah this is the first person game we need to figure out how the way to make this readable yeah so okay but that's that's all i ain't playing nothing man all right. Well, I will end this by talking about Genshin Impact. Uh, so they just released their uh, latest banner. And basically, I had said on our Discord about, oh, Kazuha is probably going to make them a huge amount of money. They haven't released exactly how much money they made. But um, it seems like I, it's going to line up because Kazuha is like a big deal in that game because he's pretty much broken. But uh, on top of that, they also released a new character called Haizo. Um, and Haizo is basically Aang mixed with One Punch Man. And people are starting to post a bunch of stuff of like, oh, I one punched this boss. I one punched this boss. This is my build for this, this One Punch Man Haizo. And it's like pretty cool that like Genshin is able to do these like weird kind of like, oh, like this character. I will say that I, I like Haizo. But he's also a cop in the game, and I don't, I don't really like that. I don't, I don't like that at all. But other than that, he's specifically like, he's a detective, dope. and there is you don't necessarily need to be a police officer to be a detective. Yes, you're right. You're right. Yes, he he's he's like Batman, but not Batman. He doesn't have any money. Um, yeah. So like, I'm having a good time. Like I am enjoying Genshin right now to such a degree that like I was pretty much going to just put the game down for a bit because bigger games are starting to you know crop up and like my fall is going to be ridiculous but i'm at the point right now where i'm just like ah this is going to be kind of tough because like i'm i'm starting to play the story content now so i'm not just like grinding for gear to like upgrade my characters to make them where i want them to be like i'm actually being involved in the story and i'm just having a good time just you know, traveling with a traveler and, and talking to characters like they just in their latest update. There is this new storyline quest with like two or three of the characters that they didn't really talk about since they've been put out in the game. So I, I'm not going to go through names because you guys aren't going to know who Mora is or uh, Klee. So, um, but yeah, uh, these characters are coming back and the story is great. I'm having a good time with the story. I'm having a good time with the game and fucking Heizo is dope as fuck. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much that's, that's pretty much it. Oh, also, you know, Gundam because I, I always play Gundam. Like, if I don't talk about Gundam, just assume that I'm playing Gundam because that's just that's just how my life is. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think I think we've nailed it, right? We've all talked about the games we've played for this week. Yes. yes. Great. All right. Uh, with that being said. That has been the episode for the day. We hope you enjoy this episode as much as we enjoy making it. Don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite YouTube channel. Don't forget to review our podcast on your favorite podcasting channel. If you could like it, like it. I don't know if you, I don't know what, if your platform allows it, that. Love it. Yeah, if you can, if you can propose, propose. Um, do all that stuff. Uh, make sure you continue watching our content. Make sure you continue having a great day, night, evening dimension wherever you are uh do all that you take care you wash your hands you be safe and you play more video games do it oh no out
Peace.